Hello and welcome to the Humura Show, hosted by me, Humura Ruth. I hope you're doing great. I hope you're doing lovely. And if it's not going well for you, I am so sorry about that. But you know what I always say? Take it to the Lord in prayer. Welcome to another episode here on the Humura Show, which is always about a beautiful place in Africa. And this time around, I am taking you to an exceptional country one that i've never been to but definitely would love to visit i think you also fall in love with it as much as i've fallen in love with it now first of all if it's your first time here thank you so much for joining me i hope you subscribe i hope you leave a review and i hope you enjoy it and if you've been here from day one thank you very much i truly truly appreciate it now today i am taking you to a place that was formerly known as the gold coast can you guess where that is we're in West Africa. I'll give you another hint. Well, I think you guessed it. We are in Ghana, which, by the way, literally means strong warrior king because there was a title accorded to the kings of the medieval Ghana Empire in West Africa. Now, today I am taking you to the beautiful Ghana and I hope you enjoy it. Now, before we get into that... <laughs> Before we get back into the show, if you love my take on Uganda and you love Formula One, why not check out my Formula One podcast called ZF1 Amateur. ZF1 Amateur is a post-Formula One race commentary podcast hosted by me, Humura Ruth, that's available on your favorite podcasting player or platform. So just go to your favorite podcast player or just search on your favorite search engine, ZF1 Amateur Podcast, and you'll be sure to get Formula One closer to you. And if you like Formula E, as I do... You should also check out my Formula E podcast called Z Formula E podcast that's all about Formula E racing as well as sustainable mobility. Thank you so much. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome back from that short break. Now, as you know, we are going to Ghana this time around. In previous podcast episodes, I have been taking you to a different part of Africa, a different country in Africa. We started off with Uganda, which is where I'm from. And then we've been to Kenya, we've been to Egypt, we've been to Morocco, Namibia, Seychelles, South Africa, and so many more to come. Now, today we are in Ghana. Now, as I said before the break, the name Ghana literally means strong warrior king. And it was a title that was given to kings of the medieval Ghana Empire in West Africa. But what you have to remember is that that medieval Ghana Empire in West Africa should not be confused with the current Ghana the current Ghana country today because that empire was further north in the modern day Republic of Mali, Senegal and southern Mauritius as well as I believe the region of Guinea. But God, nevertheless, Ghana means strong warrior king. Other people also refer to it in history and even today, uh, they refer to it as the land of gold or the gold coast. It was called the land of gold by the Arabs during the trans-Saharan trades because it had a lot of gold. I believe Ghana still has gold. And then in the history... A lot of people refer to it as Gold Coast. Now, that term is used to describe all the four separate jurisdictions that were under the administration of the governor of the Gold Coast. These four jurisdictions were the Gold Coast itself, Ashanti, the Northern Territories Protectorate, and the British Togoland Trust Territory. So we'll dive more into that. A little bit about Ghana's history. Ghana was a British colony from 1821 until it got independence in 1957. In fact, before that, Ghana existed as an empire from the 7th century to the 13th century. 
The Ghanaian Empire included what we call now the Republic of Mali, it included Senegal, it included Mauritiana, and the ruler at that time was referred to as the Warrior King or the Ghana because the name means the warrior king. Now, I visited a site called gvi.co.uk, and according to them, towards the beginning of the medieval times, the empire, the Scanner Empire, was driven towards the coast by the rising Mali Empire. Later, during the Renaissance period, this clan of tribes, known as the Akan people, who are still in Ghana, they're Ghanaians, formed the Ashanti Empire, with their main seat being in the central woodlands of Kumasi. Now, Kumasi is a city in Ghana. Ghana became powerful and wealthy from trading in gold, and they were the pioneers in making contact with Europeans. Then in the early 20th century, the British colonized the area as part of their commonwealth, naming it the Gold Coast. But in 1957, Ghana became the first self-governing country on the African continent under Dr. Kwame Nkrumah. Today, Ghana has a new president, and the president of Ghana is both the head of state and the head of government. Today's president, today's Ghanaian president, or the president of Ghana today, is President Nana Akufu Addo. And it's important to remember to know this that since 1993, Ghana has been able to maintain one of the freest and most stable governments on the continent. In fact, it's one of the most peaceful countries on the continent. Officially, it is referred to as the Republic of Ghana. It is bordered by the Gulf of Guinea and the Atlantic Ocean in the south, Ivory Coast in the west, and Burkina Faso in the north, with Togo in the east. It is a multinational state with various ethnic, linguistic, and religious groups. Other people would say it is a multilingual country because it has about 80 languages spoken therein and more than 70 ethnic groups. That's a lot. Now, the official language in Ghana is English, but there are other languages that are also seen as official. Some of them are the Akan languages, such as Akaupem Twi, Asante Twi, and Fante. They are also the more Dagbani languages such as Dagare and Dagbanil. There is also languages like Iwi, Dagme, Ga, Nzema, Gonja, Kasem, and so on. I am so sorry if I mispronounce the name of a language. It's uh, they're pretty tricky to pronounce for me. Now, Ghana is a small country. It has a small, big, depending on where you come from. It has a population of slightly over 31 million people. That's a 2020 World Bank estimate. And when you're in Ghana, the currency used is the Ghanaian Cide. I don't know if I pronounced that as well as right. When it comes to the total land area, Ghana has a total land area of two, slightly over 238,000 kilometers squared. If you prefer miles, that's slightly over 92,000 square miles. Now, there's so many cities in Ghana, but I found a few that I think you would love. We start off with the capital city, which is also the largest city, and it is a port city. That is Accra. Then there are other cities such as Kumasi, there's Tamale, there's Sekondi, Takaradi, there's Ubuasi, there's Sanyani, there's Tema, there's Tekiman, there's Kasao. And these ones are interesting. There's a city called Ho and there's a city called Wa. Then there's Bolgatanga and so on and so forth. There are many cities in Ghana. 
if you're in Ghana, expect a tropical climate. Ghana has two seasons. It has a wet season and a dry season. In the dry season, temperatures can get pretty hot, reaching up to 30 degrees Celsius or 86 degrees Fahrenheit on most days. Now, when it comes to faiths, most Ghanaians are Christians. About 71% of them are Christian, then followed by the Muslims, and then those practicing traditional faiths, and then those without religion. As a country, Ghana is, the mem is a member of the non-allied movement, the African Union, the Economic Community of West African States, the Group of 24 and the Commonwealth of Nations. So I believe that's a little bit of information you should know about Ghana before you visit Ghana. Now, let's take a short break and when I'm back, I will share with you some interesting facts about Ghana. Welcome back from that short break. Now, here's a few interesting facts about Ghana. Now, did you know that Ghana is close to the center of the world? It is both close to the equator and the Greenwich Meridian, which represents the zero degree longitude, which I think makes Ghanaian time pretty easy to tell because Ghanaian time is exactly the same time as the Greenwich Mean Time. So it's not hard to tell time in Ghana at all. Then Ghana is home to the world's largest artificial reservoir, or some may call it as the world's largest man-made lake. Lake Volta is an artificial reservoir located behind the Akasombo Dam in Ghana. It covers an area of over 8,000 square kilometers. It is 250 miles long and it is the largest artificial reservoir in the world by surface area. Did you know this? I'm pretty sure you knew this. Ghana is rich in gold and diamonds. I mean, we just talked about it being called the Gold Coast. After South Africa, Ghana is Africa's second largest and the world's seventh largest producer of gold. Here's a fact. In 2016, the country exported slightly over $2 billion worth of gold. Another fact, Ghana is the second largest cocoa producer in the world, I believe. Now, cocoa is one of the major exports of Ghana. And in 2016, here's another start, Ghana produced cocoa beans worth over $2 billion, cocoa paste worth over $382 million, and cocoa butter worth over $252 million. That is a lot. Then Ghana is one of the most peaceful nations in the world. According to the 2018 Global Peace Index, Ghana ranks as the fourth most peaceful country in Africa and the 41st most peaceful country in the world. So why not visit Ghana? Then Ghana is home to West Africa's largest open air market. Now, some countries in Africa have open-air markets, some countries do not. I come from Uganda, we do have those. So when I see, I believe Kenya doesn't really have this. So when I hear that, you know, another place doesn't have it, I'm like, how does that work? But anyway, Ghana has the world, uh, West Africa's largest open-air market. I'm talking about the Kejitia market or sometimes the one that's known as the Kumasi Central Market located in Kumasi. It's West Africa's biggest open-air market and one of the largest of its kind on the continent. You'll find literally everything sold there, ranging from diamond and gold jewelry to spices, grains, handicrafts everything is literally sold in the market there here's another fact 
In Ghana, among the people from the Akan tribe, the first names of children are based on the day of the week in which they were born, which is believed to influence aspects of their spirituality and personality. Then many Ghanaians have a custom of creating elaborate coffins, which comes from the belief that life carries on after death. When I discovered this a while back, a long, long time ago, years back, when I discovered that Ghanaians, um, I think, I don't know if it's for the whole West Africa, but I know Ghanaians do go really big on funerals. Uh, um, the coffins are very elaborate. It's not unusual to find uh, a huge airplane structure being used as a coffin or, or an animal replica structure being used as a coffin of a loved one. They believe that life carries on after death, so you should go... You should have a proper send-off, I believe, for them. It's quite very, very... Um, Unique and interesting if you come from a different part of the world where you don't do it like that. It's very, very interesting. I remember seeing a BBC uh, a documentary on BBC or a BBC documentary about it. And I was shocked because I, they really do it. Like, you know, you have a big sculpture of a lion and somebody is placed in that. That's their coffin. And they go in the sculpture of a coffin to their grave. And it's, wow, it's, it's a lot. Anyway, then Ghana is the first country in sub-Saharan Africa to launch an educational satellite, the Ghana Set 1, into Earth orbit, and that happened on Friday the 7th, July 2017. So Ghana was the first country in sub-Saharan Africa to actually send a satellite into the Earth orbit. The Ghana space program was successfully developed by students at the All Nations University that is based in Kofri Dua. I hope I pronounced that city right. Another fact is that Ghana is home to more than 650 butterflies. That is a lot of butterflies. It is also home to the giant giant swallowtail species, which are known to have wingspans of almost 8 inches long. Those are really big butterflies. Then the capital of Ghana is named Accra, which literally means ants. And that's because of the anthills that used to surround the city. In 1991, a man from Ghana named Fedi Ato Adoboy set a world record of successfully running 100, meter backward, 100 meters backwards in 13.6 seconds. It was pretty hard to run backwards, but to actually run really fast backwards, that is mind-blowing. Now, the former General Secretary of the UN, Kofi Annan, was born, raised, and began his career in Ghana. That man was very influential. And lastly for today, because of time, Ghana is home to the oldest European-built castle in sub-Saharan Africa. This castle is called Elmina, which literally means gold mine. It was built by the Portuguese and it once stored slaves before they were shipped off and taken to the Americas. Welcome back from that short break. Now I am going to give you a few things that you can do when you visit Ghana. Not everything is talked about here, but here's just a few of them. First things first, you can visit a national park. I always give this as the first thing because it's always amazing to be immersed in nature, to see wildlife, to just see nature surround you, whether it's trees or plants or birds or butterflies or anything. It's 
always amazing. One national park I could give you is Kakum National Park. This one is located on the coast of southern Ghana and it is home to many endangered animals in Ghana and mammals such as the antelopes and the elephants. So you can visit that. Plus it's also home to about 650 species of butterflies so you should go there and see some for yourself. It also has a canopy walk that is suspended 30 meters above ground, giving you a view of the beautiful trees and the surrounding nature there. You can also visit the Mole National Park, or I think the locals may pronounce it as Mole. I'm not sure, but I will read it as Mole National Park. This one is in northern Ghana, and it is home to, to endangered species such as elephants, ruan, antelopes, and rare birds. In fact, it protects over 300 bird species, 94 mammals, and several other wildlife, which is something you should see for yourself. You can also visit the Aburi Botanical Gardens in the town of Aburi. Now, these gardens were officially opened in March 1890. Today, the gardens consist of 160 acres with 157 acres reserved and the three acres left developed into basic infrastructure. Now, these gardens played an important role in encouraging cocoa production in southern Ghana and rubber production in Ghana. So that's a place you definitely have to visit. You can also visit the largest artificial lake in the world. I'm talking about Lake Volta, which has a surface area of over 8,000 square kilometers and has a few tourist sites for you to see, such as mountains and waterfalls. Speaking of waterfalls, you definitely have to visit some waterfalls when you're in Ghana. You can visit a number of them. There's the Boti waterfalls, which are in the eastern part of Ghana. Now, these ones are quite interesting because according to history, Boti Falls are a twin waterfall. They are twin waterfalls. The upper and lower waterfalls are looked at as male and female. Now, the locals believe that when the volume of water from the falls becomes high, it means that the two falls are mating. So a mating ceremony is organized. Quite interesting if you ask me. You can also visit the Kintampo Falls. Now, this waterfall is pretty interesting as well. It is shaped like a staircase. So when you look at it, the water dis when you look at it, you see water, and then the water will disappear and then resurface about two hundred meters away from where you saw it first. Quite interesting. Plus, these ones are close to the Bombeng Fiema Monkey Sanctuary, so you can go to the waterfalls and go to the Monkey Sanctuary sanctuary afterwards. You can also visit the Willy Waterfalls or the Agmatsa Waterfalls, which are the highest waterfall waterfalls in Ghana and in West Africa. You get to enjoy the flow of the falls or swim in the water if you like. You can even hike to the top of the falls if you want. Now I forgot to mention it. You can also visit the only natural lake in Ghana which is Lake Bosomtwe. Now this one's found in Kumasi and this lake has an area of about 49 kilometers squared and a depth of about 70 to 74 meters. It is surrounded by mountains and it is a home to different fish species. So when you visit it, you can go fishing, diving, boating, swimming, and you can even hike the nearby mountains. There's a lot for you to do. Don't want to visit a lake? Visit the beach then, because Ghana has a number of beaches. 
Ghana has a pretty long coastline, so that makes so much sense because its coastline stretches for about 560 kilometers, that's 350 miles, from Afalwo in the Volta region all the way to Cape Three Points in the western region. There are a number of beaches. For example, there is Labadi Beach, which is home to nighttime parties by bonfires, delicious street food and live band. There's Anomabo Beach, which has some of the cleanest sands in Ghana. It has a very very good seafood menu in fact its seafood is sourced straight uh, fresh from the sea then there is la palm royal beach which is very prestigious and luxurious it has been in operation for 20 years delivering and prioritizing luxury there is the coconut groove beach resort which is a fine establishment with a golf course a sauna spa and also has amazing sea views and it's in close proximity to the elmina castle there is busua beach which is a beautifully decorated bridge front with thatch roofs scented oil lamps some hearts and bonfires there's so many beaches in ghana there's also bojo beach there's kokorbite beach there's ankobra beach and so many more now you can also visit the okumfo ankoi sword site now i don't ever pronounce that name right but i'm giving it a shot again i think it's pronounced as okumfo anokai so you can visit the okumfo anokai sword site now, Okomfo Anokai is a figure in Ashanti Kingdom history. And according to history, he was the first priest of the Ashanti Kingdom. And through his help, the kingdom expanded and managed to overcome its enemies. Now, about 300 years ago, before he died, he struck his sword into the ground and pronounced that no one would be able to remove it. And to date, nobody has been able to remove the sword. So you can visit the site and you'll be sure to get more, uh, an opportunity to see the sword and get an insight into the Ashanti kingdom because it's a pretty big kingdom in West Africa. Now, you can also visit on a slightly different note. You can visit the Manhia Palace, which uh, the Manhia Palace, I hope I pronounced this one right. Okay. Now, one of the most prestigious chiefs in the Ashanti region is Asantehene of Asanteman, who resides at the Manhia Palace. You can get visit the palace and you get an insight into the unique cultures of the Ashanti region. Pretty interesting. You know, we studied about the Ashanti kingdom in our history. I am from Uganda, that's East Africa. So we did study a bit about West African history, Southern history, and uh, very little about Northern history, Northern African history, by the way. But yes, we did a lot in West African history. So pretty interesting, the Ashanti, uh, the Ashanti kingdom. It was a... It, it's not was, it still is in existence, I believe. Yes, pretty big. Now... And last but not least, you can visit the Asha Fort Museum. Now, this one was built in 1649 by the Dutch people. It's one of three forts constructed by Europeans that was constructed by Europeans for trading back in the 17th century. From what I understand in history, many of these many of these forts, I don't know if there's so many, but many of these forts were first built for trading because Ghana is very rich in gold and uh, it's a very rich country. Gold, cocoa, everything, waterfalls and everything. I don't know why I said waterfalls but yes it's a very rich country and so first the portuguese the dutch were building it to trade and then later on they became centers for slave trade so but i stand to be corrected if i'm wrong i stand to be corrected on that one now the asha fort museum is located 500 meters away from the james fort uh, from the james fort which is another fort that you can visit and the thing is all of these are in accra so in the capital city 
Now, the Usher Fort became a prison for slaves until 1993, and today it is a museum. In fact, the first president of Ghana, Dr. Kwame Nkrumah, was once held captive here before he led the country to independence. So you definitely have to visit to get an insight of all that history that Ghana holds. There was a book uh, I was reading called Homegoing by uh, Gyasi. I don't know if the name, the author is called Gyasi, but it's called Homegoing. It was so sad, I could not even complete it. But it was about different people in different timelines. Uh, so there were there was a story, there were stories of people, it's a I don't know if it's fiction or real life, but I think it's fiction. There were stories of people who lived in West Africa, specifically in the, was it the Ashanti Kingdom, before the Europeans came. So there was that kind of life. Then there was a group of people telling a story when the Europeans came and then they started dealing in slave trade. In fact, there was one girl, she was... She, her dad was a chief and then she got captured by the Europeans and then she was, you know, she couldn't believe that she was once, you know, a royal and now she was going through all of that. And so they tell you her struggles through that. It was very painful. I couldn't even finish the book. So there's also a story of those who were captured as slaves and they were kept in, I, I believe, these forts or the trading places. Then there's it also tells the stories of those who were taken to the Americas, what happened when they got there. Because I believe there were people from different tribes in Africa. We all speak different languages and they were being forced to do all this hard labor it was very painful the mistreatment that they went through you know the language the languages had to change here and there because they had moved to a different part of the world so it was very heartbreaking i could not continue it but if you want to know more about the history you definitely have to visit these forts in ghana in west africa you can even read that book it's called homegoing i think by giasi i believe yes now you can also visit Gems Fort. You can visit Elmina Castle, which was the first European structure built by Europeans, in particular the Portuguese, in 1482, and it was meant for trading in gold and other natural resources. And then later on, like I said, it became a central point in slave trade. There's also the Cape Coast Castle, which was constructed by Portuguese for trading in gold, and later on it was used for slavery. These things break my heart when I read. I I don't laugh because it's funny. I laugh because I am overwhelmed. Because I've even seen a, a documentary when they were visiting those places where the slaves were held. I think sometimes when you sit on your couch and you listen to these things, you think, oh, maybe they were just put in a prison and, you know, they were held. The conditions they were living in were so, so horrible. So, hor they were inhumane inhumane you should read that book homegoing by Giasi. oh my goodness i it broke my heart so much i can't finish that book and i'm not saying i'm going to ever finish it because it tore my heart apart then last for today let's lighten up the mood you can visit the kwame nkrumah memorial park and uh, mausoleum now i've never heard of that word before but i know you can visit the kwame nkrumah memorial park now it's no secret that dr kwame nkrumah was one of the most outstanding african leaders in africa and his influence is still felt today may he rest in peace now this park was dedicated to him in 1992 and it was meant to it is meant to commemorate his life and work after his death so you can visit it you'll get to understand how ghana gained independence and uh you get to know more about ghana this is a country very rich i can't believe i did not talk about the kente cloth when i was talking about ghana but you definitely have to google this the kente cloth i believe is from ghana and they have some pretty amazing music and some amazing movies as well now because of time we're going to break off from here and then i'll come back and share with you some popular food in ghana welcome back from that break i hope you enjoyed that now let's dive into some food from ghana 
Now, first things first, I think when you think of West Africa, you think of jello fries, don't you? <laughs> I think so when it comes to food, I'm just like jello fries. And interestingly, the Nigerians believe they have the best jello fries. The Senegalese believe they have the best jello fries. Liberians believe they have the best jello fries. And naturally, the Ghanaians believe they have the best jello fries. It's 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 their thing, but jello fries is jello fries, so I don't know. It it is what it is. They love it so much. I've seen a podcast called Jello Fries of Thing. I don't know. I don't know, but it is a pretty big deal. Now, Jollof, Jollof Fries, have I been saying it right? Please correct me if I'm wrong. It's originally from Senegal, but it's a pot dish of rice that has been prepared with tomato sauce and served with meat or fish. But it's a pretty big deal in West Africa. You definitely have to try it. I keep saying Jello Fries is what it is to West Africans, what uh, Pilau is to West Africans. I don't know if that's true, but I think so. I don't know. You can also try Wakai. Now, Wakai is a mix of beans and rice that can be served with fried plantain or gari gari is grated cassava and then spaghetti and avocado you definitely have to try that you can also try banku and tilapia now obviously tilapia is fish tilapia fish then banku is a southern mix of fermented corn cassava dough hot pepper diced tomatoes and onions you can imagine how tasty that is you can also try this one it has a nice name red red <laughs> like that so this uh this is a cow pin cow pea beans that have been boiled to make a broth and then served with palm oil and fried plantain you can also try this one that i've seen a lot fufu in african novels they took a west african novels fufu so you can try fufu and goat light soup now fufu is made by pounding a mixture of boiled cassava and plantains into a sticky paste then you can also try two zafi, which is a mixture of corn dough and a little cassava that has been cooked. You can also try kenke and fried fish. Fried fish is fried fish. Then kenke is corn dough that's molded into bowls, wrapped around drying corn leaves, and then boiled. You can also try kelewele. I like the name of that one, kelewele. It sounds like a name of a musician. It's a fried soft plantains that have been soaked in pepper, ginger, and garlic. You can try. There's so many dishes you can try in Ghana. But to wrap it up, here's another one. There's omoto, which is rice bowls. Then there's boiled yam, which is plantain with a certain kind of stew. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much about Ghana. I hope you enjoyed this podcast about as much as I did. I'm sorry I forgot to talk about the kente, but you definitely have to look up the kente cloth, that beautiful cloth. You see it on Instagram and Instagram reels and Instagram photos, but the Ghanaians do it best, I believe. I believe. I don't know which other West African country does it. They would come for me. But, yes, I hope you enjoyed this podcast about Ghana as much as I did. I think if there's one thing I love about Ghana, um, it's got to be the history it's and the movies because I, I used to watch Ghanaian movies a lot back when i was a child there's a time when uh nollywood and movies from ghana were a hit so that was pretty pretty very pretty 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 interesting and nice it's also a very peaceful country so it feels safe to visit i hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as i did anyway see you next week and next week i'll be taking you to another beautiful country in africa i hope you enjoyed it and if you'd like to get in touch please don't hesitate my email address is mbabaziruth77 at gmail.com that's spelled as m-b-a-b-a-z-i-r-u-t-h 77 at gmail.com you can also send me a message on plus two five six 
0708-96503. On Instagram, the page for the podcast is at Zihumura Show. On Twitter, the page is at Humura Ruth. Thank you so much for listening in. I appreciate your reviews and what you say about the podcast. Thank you very much. And uh, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review. I love you so much. Have a good week.